Hey kids, it's Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo here, and you're listening to the wildest, most far-out, wiggling podcast, Anime Egotists. We love you, beauty. And welcome back to the Anime Egotists, where I think we'd have a pretty good bakery in an anime. Of course. I mean, I think we're both pretty good bakers. Yeah, I think so. My name's Alex, and I've never understood why Naruto games don't have stealth elements. Like, you're, you're ninjas. Like, shouldn't that be... Uh, that's kind of true, but, I mean, we never really saw them besides, like, the second episode where they're going after the cat, uh, where they use stealth, so... It maybe, doesn't really make sense. Maybe someone has a lost cat, but regardless, in anime, we, we've talked about... We, last time we talked about the worst rivals in anime. And rivals that don't really inspire much, they're annoying, they're just pointless. Just mm-hmm. Rivals that we don't necessarily care for. Exactly. But this time we're gonna have a bit more fun, I think, with this list. I wouldn't know. <laughs> ah, you know. We've, walked, we've already done half this list once before. Oh no, I was just saying because people like the worst videos better. Hey, I didn't say they would have more fun, I said we would have more fun. Yeah, that, that is true. But these are the rivals that we actually feel like inspire the main character. The, the rivals that push people to their limits with interesting characters, motivation, etc, etc. Exactly. But before we begin, like, let, we, let's just get the obvious one out of the way. Vegeta. Vegeta. It, mm-hmm. It's Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Uh, he would have been the top on both of our lists. We already discussed this. So, yeah, Vegeta is just the ultimate rival, because he's actually been able to keep up with Goku, which no one else has at this point. Maybe they're bringing Piccolo kind of back, but that's still a big maybe. And he's grown. He went from a side, he went from an insane killer to a still somewhat insane family man. And he, spoiler alert for the last movie, he beat Goku. Exactly. And so it's very rare for a rival to, once they start losing to the main character, to actually remain, uh, like, as the rival for a long period of time. So the fact that he's remained the rival and grown to the point where he's able to beat Goku uh, is actually a really amazing thing. But we, we knew Vegeta, but Vegeta was going to be on both of our lists, so we decided, yeah, fine, whatever. Exactly. You want me to go first this time? Sure. Okay. Another Dragon Ball rival, Hit. Okay. Okay, I know that Hit wasn't completely... Like, like yes, he did lose out to Jiren toward, towards the end of Super, but I just loved how badass they made hit to be but they still kept him like as a good guy really mm-hmm. like he was smart he was a tactician and he knew exactly how to spar up with goku it took a new transformation for goku to beat him and he didn't even beat him not to mention he technically killed goku that is very true um i like hit i still wish that he had had pretty much more time to develop his powers and stuff rather than just it being okay well now i gotta hold my breath or whatever it is for his time skip a little bit longer so 
if he had had a bit more time to develop, I think he would be really high. He could be a number one rival for Goku, but... Yeah, but I, I guess the thing for me is I still feel like there's time. Like, I still feel like they have unfinished business, because Goku technically hasn't beaten him. Monaka beat him, and whether you want to argue whether it was legit or not, Monaka beat him. Well, I mean, Monaka is, like, number two rival to Goku after Vegeta anyway, so... Well, see, you're, fi you're finally starting to get it. You're finally starting to understand. But yeah, I just really liked him. Plus, he's really fun to play as of the video games. Well, as him, not against him. Ah, uh, God, is he in um, Xenoverse 2? I, I don't know yeah. if I got all the character packs, so I don't know Xen if I have He's in Xenoverse 2, and I think he has his transformation mode, and some of his attacks are just not fair. I can imagine, well, when he pretty much is supposed to pause time and jump in... Uh, and be able to dodge anything. So. Yeah, he pr he pretty much has some Karate Kid level stuff. Oh, the uh, crane uh, form or whatever. It that is. that was no that no hit fights fair. That crane kick was an illegal maneuver. <laughs> oh God. Okay, no, but I'll I'll co-side. I like hit. Um, he's. I hope to see more of him. I don't know if we will. It depends on I guess if we see more of uh, Universe Six in the future if Super ever comes back into the anime. Yeah, when everyone says, oh, well, it was reported to be coming back, I'm like, until I hear confirmation, I'm not believing anything. Exactly. It um, you won't believe how many times we've been told, oh, something's coming back, and then we never get it, or we get it years later. And stuff like that. <sighs> yeah, but who's your first rival? So I'll go with my Dragon Ball pair, which is uh, Master Roshi and Master Shen, which pretty much leads to the rivalry between the Turtle Hermit School and the Crane Hermit School. Okay. So for those who never actually went back and watched the original Dragon Ball, this is, I mean, Goku's and Krillin and Yamcha's master versus Tien and Chiaotzu's master. They started out as students with each other, um, under, I forgot what their master's name is, but pretty much their master went off to figure out a way to defeat King Piccolo, and Shen was like, well, he'll never come back, and turns against uh, their teachings and becomes kind of evil. But, I mean, Master Shen and Master Roshi are complete opposites, almost. While they hate each other, Master Roshi completely believes in fair fighting and, and not necessarily over injuring the opponent if it's at all possible and shen is very much break his leg uh knock him out of the tournament as fast as possible it's a really interesting rivalry because it leads to at first high tensions between uh tian shinhan specifically and the rest of uh the future z fighters but it's nice to know that tian eventually turns against him because he realizes uh just how kind of dark master shen is yeah not to mention in super when they're recruiting people for the tournament of power tien is like still training people mm -hmm. in the way in the ways of the school but it's not like the vicious ways it's just a different style it's it's in a more evolved yet fair style exactly and I know Tien is one of your, if not your, favorite human character from the series. So. I love Tien. And he really is a great character, so it's nice to know that he was able to overcome kind of his dark beginnings with uh, 
Master Shin and Master uh kind of being his dark master. Yeah, especially considering he, how close he and Yamcha ended up becoming. Yep. You always think that Goku and Vegeta are best buddies, but no, it's uh, Tien and Yamcha. Yeah, fun fact, in one of the video games, games during the Boo Saga, Yamcha and Tien do fuse together. It's terrifying. I remember that because they get the uh, thin fusion, if I remember correctly, most of the time. If they fail, but if they get it right, they combine the, Dod the Dodon Ray and the Kamehameha. It's bizarre. That actually sounds like it'd be really OP. It it kind it kind of is, and they have the wolf fang volleyball fist. Do they still are they still able to grow four arms and uh, become I, stronger? I have no idea. I have no idea. The game didn't go into that much detail on it, but I agree. Part of me does wish we got just a little bit more of it, though. Like we see mm -hmm. a little more of Tenshinha on training the other students. We don't have to get full fledged backstories for all of them, but just like some new techniques and every now and then stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and maybe we'll get some of that in maybe a filler episode or two in, um, if Super ever does come back. As we said, we want Super to come back. We like Dragon Ball anime, and this was actually really good. <laughs> yeah, and I agree, And I, but I especially have to disagree with anyone who says, oh, like, GT's better than Super. No, no, I mean, to each their own, but no. No, it's that parallel universe stuff that they've kind of come up with over the last few years in like the shorts and stuff so it's separate it still exists but it's separate yeah yeah but i can i can co-sign on to that so my next rival slash rivalry go right ahead dan and shun from bakugan okay honestly i kind of just appreciated how it was a somewhat simple rivalry dan being the hot-headed person who doesn't think things through while shun is a lot more calm, collected, but he doesn't really trust people all that much. I just appreciate how when the game start, uh, Bakugan started, they started off cool, but Shun got a big head because of how good he got, and also the fact that his mom was super sick at the time, so he kind of closed himself off from people. So while we see Dan becoming friends with people and learning to be a little nicer -er and not as hot-headed, Shun is still kind of closed off. So when they finally battle after all that time, I'm of kind of hating, seemingly hating each other. It's hard, and Shun breaks down to Dan, and Dan learns, oh, his mom is sick. And in the Japanese version, she dies, but in the English version, she slips into a coma, which I don't think is better. I mean, I guess it's there's a chance of recovery, but it's still, it's like, okay, if they never address that she's, oh, she's recovered, then, uh, yeah, it's actually, I think, worse, probably. I don't think they ever address it, but that's how dark the show can get sometimes. But I just appreciate how deep down they're both, later down the line, they're both, they're always able to keep up with each other, more or less. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, it kind of shows that even, like, deep down, they both admitted, you're the best friend I ha have. And I've always loved the rivals who are able to admit that they legitimately are best friends with each other. So, I don't know. I just thought that their stuff was cool. They learned a lot from each other, and their battles were always fun to watch. I never saw, like, all the series all the way through, at least the first season. I've seen... I think I've seen it all. I just haven't seen it in order. So, it's uh, one of those that's kind of a... How to put it? Just kind of weird. It's... 
I know of the rivalry. I remember the a handful of episodes dealing with it, but I don't think I remember seeing it in order enough to understand what was going on half the time because I was watching it on Cartoon Network. I think you might be able to appreciate it. I think it's on it's on Amazon Prime right now, so you might be able to watch it before like something happens. Before it gets bought out by Netflix and gets its third remake or something. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And the the hilarious it's weird because the show got dark like that at times like oh your mom slipped into a coma and we're not sure if we're ever gonna she's ever gonna get out of it and do you remember the girl runo the girl with the blue hair and the pigtails yes okay there was an episode very early on where her her family works in the restaurant and there are all these pictures of runo up and her mom's like you know runo you should be more proud of your father look at how proud he is of you with all these pictures it's a shame none of them are none of these pictures have me in them, but that's why I have therapy. I'm like, what the, what the <laughs> hell? Oh god! And that's the English dub. I can't imagine what this uh, Japanese dub actually did. I am so scared to find out, but honestly, I kind of don't want to know. But Dan and Shun, they played really well off of each other, and they had a great friendship too. Yeah, from what I remember, they do. So I'll, I'll complete. I'll co-sign to that one. All right. Who's what's your next rival slash rivalry? All right. So my next one is uh, Renji from Bleach. So this one starts out as a very much he's actually a villain to technically start out. So he's another kind of Vegeta because uh, at the end of the, kind of the first storyline, he and um, oh god, what's uh. And Captain Kuchki, uh, Rukia's brother, come and ki- pretty much kidnap her to take her back to pretty much face judgment for what she's done in the human world. And it leads to uh, pretty much her getting sentenced to death. But then, but Renji is a childhood friend of hers and just wanted what was best for her, bringing her back. He thought, okay, she'll be sentenced to a few years of like community service or prison and then be let out and back to work. And when she's ex- sentenced to execution, he's pretty much freaks out and uh, it ends up becoming a pretty much a good guy. He's wanting to save Rukia and, but he's the kind of the, he's the point that uh, Ichigo has to grow to at the first major storyline and then surpass, which he does over the coming battles at, uh, when he fights a, uh, Oh god, Mpachi and uh, Kuchki again. So it's really interesting because as it goes on, he continues to grow, and it seems like every time he shows up again, he's a bit stronger, he's caught up with Ichigo again. And I know in the final arc, which hasn't come out yet, he and uh, Ichigo are going to train at least part of the time to get hopefully majorly stronger for what the final storyline is going to involve. Does he have a specific sword power or ability? Like, what's his thing? So, he has the sword that you kind of see a lot of, actually. It's um, it's got, like, fang blades on it, and okay, he's able to, he's able to, like, whip, make it a whip, so it, uh, like, and sit it farther out, but then his, like, advanced awakening is a giant snake. And it can fire, like, pretty much beam energy at uh, people, so... Oh, and let me guess, the dirt. let me guess, the dirtier it gets, the faster it gets. No. 
Good. I think that's someone else's power. I know. <laughs> oh, God, yes. I remember going over that now. We don't have to go over it again. That's my bad. No, his power... Uh, his, his sword is uh, Zabimaru, uh, which I know means something, but I don't remember Japanese well enough, so... You should have taken that class in college, I tried to tell you. We, I know, we both debated it, but I didn't have time to spend on it. Uh, and I had to major in something I hated, so I couldn't either. But I can co-sign. I've all, from the very little I've seen, I've always, I've always liked this guy. I want to give Bleach another chance, but I think it's just a matter of, I don't know what it is. I think I just have to know what's, now that I have prep on what's good and what's not, maybe it'll be easier. Yeah, I mean, you have to watch kind of the first part. Um, actually, I guess it's the first two parts or is all canon with the hand, maybe like a one or two episodes of filler. Then like the next arc is like all filler. And yeah, it's another one of those shonens that gets a little too much filler and entire arcs are filler. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess I can't disagree with that, but I can co-sign. I can co-sign. He sounds like a cool rival. Yeah, he pretty much is. All right, my next rival. All right, Yusei and Jack Atlas from Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Okay, I think I just appreciate how it was kind of a redemption story for Jack. They started off both as orphan and dealing, just kind of dealing with the satellite and being poor, all the stuff. But once Jack got saw he could get a taste of fame, he stole Yusei's runner and his best card, the Stardust Dragon. He then became a huge success, despite the fact I rarely, if ever, remember him using Stardust Dragon when he was on top of the world, but whatever. But there was still just an element of, there was still an element of sadness to Jack. And when he lost Yusei, and Yusei became number one, he kind of went through an arc, thanks to a character, Carly, he just kind of understanding what, how what he did was wrong, and he immediately kind of turns it around. To the point where I know Yu-Gi-Oh does a really horrible job of keeping some characters relevant, but I felt like Jack was always doing something, and I felt like his record at least was good. Sure, he lost every now and then, but it never felt like he was a bad duelist. And he always found ways of like making himself better. And remember, like I've said at one point, he the very first time they dueled as like older as like teenagers he beat you saying kind of taught him you need balance balancing your life balancing your deck everything i just think jack is just such a great character yeah i pretty much haven't seen enough of 5ds to see like his whole character story um i know he does seem like a pretty good rival because of well the betra whole betrayal thing and uh eventually I know that they do become friends again towards, uh, I guess, probably after the first arc, if I if I understand the balance right. So um, it could be interesting. I, I'll i co-sign. I just I don't know the story well enough to know. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people complain in later in the series because they're like, oh, they made him funny. I'm like, that's not a problem. As long as you're doing stuff and as long as you're still relevant, I'm okay with him making me laugh because... He, he his favorite thing to drink is blue eyes coffee blue eyes white dragon coffee and it's thirty dollars
Okay. Sold by Kybercorp. It probably is. And somebody, and he, he straight up says afterwards, oh, by the way, Crow, can you pick up the bill? I'm a little light today, buddy. I'm like, how does he get in if he doesn't? Uh, forget it. I, Jack is funny. He, he's he, he's a little bit of everything, and that kind of is what makes him work. Yeah. I still like him from the abridged series where he's uh, from the, what is it, Dark Side of Dimension? Or is that, no, that movie, whatever the uh, other one Bob's was. Beyond Time? That's it, yeah. Would you believe that he's not, his stupid moments are not that far off. Nice. Yeah. That gives little Creepo actually a lot of credit then. Yeah, well, I'd like to. He seems like a cool guy. But Jack Atlas, I just found him to be a great... I found him awesome. Yeah, I liked him from the first few episodes. I need to give 5Ds a chance. I know I can watch it on one of the streaming services I have. I can't remember which one. Uh, Crunchyroll. Oh, okay. Now the question is, do I care enough because it's mis to try to find the, or the subs just to watch and actually get the full story. Well, based on what I remember, I don't even think you finished GX yet, so maybe start with that first. Okay. All right, my next one? Go for it. All right, so I'll go with the one I have from Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is uh, Joey and Kaiba. Yu-Gi-Oh! just ends up overpowered throughout the series, in my opinion, because um, you know in the end he's going to be the one who wins, even if he loses a single battle during a season. Or something, he's gonna end up beating Joey or Kaiba towards the end of the series, probably to uh, uh, win the tournament, or because he has to get their card to save the day or something. So I always thought that these two had a more interesting rivalry. It's the former world champion, pretty much, versus the newcomer to the game, and. But who's pretty much a prodigy as far as I can tell. He did have to train with Grandpa and Yugi and almost everybody else, but he did become one of the best duelists in a matter of a few years, so you gotta give Joey credit there. Always will. But he... Um, yeah, I, I they've had a handful of duels. I think Kaiba won all of them, or they ended in not... like did not finish, pretty much. Yeah, that was a, a look. I, 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 don't get me wrong, this rivalry had some funny moments to me, but I was always frustrated that it never ended satisfyingly. Like, Joey beating Kaiba, maybe not necessarily, but maybe at, at least give us a tie between the two where Kaiba kind of realizes, oh god, he's grown, something like that. I know the Japanese dubbed it, the Japanese version did it when, when Joey lost to Merrick, but... I, I don't know. To me, it wasn't completely enough. Yeah, I think that because they have their duel when uh, Yugi and Merrick are dueling, I think, at the same time. And it could have been a nice little thing where uh, uh, Yugi and or, uh, Kaiba goes in for the final attack and Joey has a trap card that, well, the damage still affects him or something. And it, it also hits Kaiba. Ending it in a draw would have been a really nice way to end Battle City for Joey. Yeah, the, well, he only, least... the worst part about it is, like, I mean, the one consolation is that during that duel, Joey takes over or one of Kaiba's blue eyes, and Kaiba doesn't take it well. He's he, Safe to say, I think he still has nightmares about it. Yeah, I, I still think that would have been the best moment for them to at least give Kaiba a chance to go, okay, I respect you now. 
and he could they can still hate each other i do not want these two being friends by any stretch of the imagination but just just something where joey could have proved himself yeah kaiba still needs to call joey like a dog and offer him a furry suit all the time but i don't i don't, I, i'm okay <laughs> with the first part not the second part not as much heck it seems like even mokuba was growing to respect joey at one point but so i don't know <laughs> If we got a little bit more, maybe I would have liked this rivalry, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I Some of the stuff Kaiba said and did just really made me go, hmm, you're, you're not, you're not cool with me. I can understand that. And again, it might be biased because Joey's my favorite from the original series. Yeah, he, we've talked about it before where they're ter- he should have won Battle City and all that, so. Yeah, but I don't want, like I, but I brought it up so many times, I'm trying not to do it as much. All right. Your All right, next my one? Ne- my next rival, Hijikata from Gintama. The rivalry between Hijikata and Gintoki. Okay. These two never had that many battles between each other, and they almost never had that many battles that felt satisfactory, but I'm kind of okay with that. I kind of like how Gintoki is the jerk who really doesn't care about a whole lot, seemingly doesn't care <laughs> about a whole lot, uh, except, like, being, like, eating sweets and reading manga and all that stuff, while Hijikata's this no-nonsense samurai police officer. But they're both still very similar. They're both stubborn idiots. They both deep down want to protect the people that they love over rather than just protecting the world itself. They both are scared of the dentist. <laughs> I, can't, I can't blame them for that. But I just appreciate in Hijikata's case how even with everything, he's still incredibly loyal to his team. Like, team. And it's times where it's kind of proven that he's kind of a better person despite his temper. Like, like I've talked about before, or he was willing to sacrifice a chance at being with a woman that he loved of just so she wouldn't be sad if he died. There are just so many moments that show his kinder side and admittedly more hilarious side with his addiction to mayonnaise and all that other stuff. I don't know. I just thought Hijikata think Hijikata is one of the best characters from Gintama, and a character that I feel like I don't think anybody has said I don't like him. If you do, then something's wrong. Like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, I... Again, I haven't seen all of Gintama, but I remember a handful of episodes that you showed me, including multiple episodes with the mayonnaise addiction, so... uh, I do remember vaguely rivalry, like, glare him and Gintoki glaring at each other at one point kind of the it's like two big pictures of them their heads are kind of leaning in together and they do the line of uh energy between yeah. them or something so I can understand this being a good rivalry I just I'd have to see the series as a whole to actually 100% agree yeah there's an episode where he beats Frieza okay with one shot and he tries to get the track it, it's it's i feel like it's an episode i could show you without you having known the series and i feel like you might be able to get a kick out of it probably i know there's a lot of that there's a there's some good arcs but then there are a lot of good standalone episodes as well yeah and some of them are just so weird but yeah hijikata and gintoki i always like i said they they didn't always have moments that felt like they were going to battle each other, but it never felt like one was outclassing the other completely. So I always appreciated that. Did they ever face off with uh, Gintoki actually using a sword, or is it still just using his uh, wood, uh, wooden trading blade? 
Well, it's normally his wooden training blade because Gintoki really doesn't like killing people. And considering he had he was a child in a war, I can kind of understand why. Okay. Alright. So my last one before honorable mentions. Go for it. Alright. Uh so I have Guy and Kakashi from Naruto. This was one of the sweetest and kindest rivalries, I think anime is actually ever produced um because it it came back from when they were kids it's another one of those it's a very it starts out as a very common rivalry between the prodigy and kakashi and the uh kind of how to put it the not the guy who's not that good in guy but guy it really works hard and becomes arguably the strongest of his generation it's between him and kakashi pretty much or which one is stronger of their generation um and guys pretty much the whole reason that kakashi kind of gets over his darkness in the end because despite everything that they know kakashi's probably been through because he's in the anbu i mean guys the one who goes to the third hokage and begs him to take Kakashi out of uh, the Anbu to make to let him heal from the losses of his entire team and his mentor. It's just so sweet because then they also go over to become like they do rock, paper, scissors at their battle and then they race across uh, a rebuilding Konoha throwing pots and pans at each other. It's and the, the thing is, Kakashi, up until this point, is portrayed almost 100% as the serious character. Yeah, I, I especially, I come, come completely co-sign on that. I especially love how, like, you, like, this is never a rivalry where it feels like one of them is looking down on the other. It always feels like they both know just how strong the other are. All right, the only time you can kind of call that into question is during the tuning exams when... Guy's like, I mean, you better look out, Kakashi, because I'm still your rival. And Kakashi's like, I'm sorry, did you say something? Yeah, I mean, because Kakashi did start out looking down on Guy. Well, over the years. Yeah, yeah. But what's, what's we really get to know him throughout the first series, that's what they're actually supposedly rivals at that point and are really, and have equal respect. And as I said, I mean, if Guy goes all out, I don't think Kakashi can win but i think for i mean unfortunately that means guy's probably dead if he goes all out and uh but if so in an even fight kakashi without guy being at using uh, the eighth gate he kakashi probably wins but guy's a close second it's it's gonna end up with them both injured yeah i especially love how their their rivalry kind of has effect on guy's team because when they're doing rock, paper, scissors, and then she's like, I don't know, I kind of feel like Kakashi sensei is just messing with him at this point. Or when Lee's like, oh, well, if my guy's going to carry Kakashi, Neji, get on my back. And then she's like, no, what? No. Yeah, it's just, this is one of the nicest rivalries because they are rivals. They keep pushing each other to get stronger. Heck, even pretty much in their retirement, I, from my understanding in Barto, they still push each other a bit. <laughs> It would not surprise me if my guy was just like, oh, uh, that whole injury thing with my legs, um, yeah. It just, I, it, it I just over- even the playing field. Yeah, it's just like, or he just goes, yeah, um, I overcame that. He immediately stands up and we're like, what the 
I'm not messing with him. I could see that happening in Boruto. I mean, it would kind of undermine the whole uh, thing, which was kind of undermined because I like Guy and I don't want him to die, but it almost feels like maybe he he should have been like the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, Guy should have died so Neji could have lived. Just saying. But we've been over that. Go watch the video that we talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and hopeful. Hopefully, it won't sound as bad re-listening to it because I was very angry when we recorded that. But yeah, <laughs> Guy and Kakashi. I'm I honestly kind of feel like I can't choose one of the other to train under. I'm like I'm choosing both of you. Yeah, maybe if we ever get another Shinobi Strikers, but this one's a bit better, and you actually can train under everybody, that would be interesting. It's been about two or three years since we've done that initial video. I would love to do a sequel, but we'd have to talk about it. Yeah, we. I'd have to go back and watch the original just to make sure I knew what I wanted. Now it's one of the. It's I will say as all of the our old videos, it holds up a little better than you would expect. Hmm, that's good. So maybe we'll talk about that again someday. Yeah, and same for Dragon Ball. All right, honorable all right. mentions time. That's right. Okay, I wanted I didn't want to completely give this character the rub because the show's not over yet, but I've seen some hatred for this character, so I wanted to dispel it. Asta and Yuno from Black Clover. Okay. I just appreciate how for Yuno in particular, just how much he grew, because as a kid he was very shy. He was very shy and timid, and Asta's courageous nature kind of made him pull, kind of pulled him out of his shell. To the point where he's still, where Yuno is competent. He's actually stronger than Asta. And I like how, like we've said, no matter how strong Asta gets, Yuno is still arguably stronger. And Yuno will pick on Asta like, oh, well, maybe Mimosa was so nervous about you because your arm was really short and it startled her. Or he'll say something (laughs) ridiculous like that. But the second somebody else says, Asta, you're too weak, Yuno's the first person to be like, no, that's not true. He's my rival. We're strong together, but I'm still stronger. I don't know. It's a very simple rivalry. And to me, you know, like, he's not, it's not like they disrespect each other. He's not, like, emotionally distant. He's just kind of an introvert, which I get. I get that. I don't know. I just think you know as a, char- as a character and as a rival really just doesn't get the love he deserves. I can understand that. I have a feeling that the series is going to end. It's going to be some ridiculous. Okay, we've got a handful of good candidates for uh, the next Wizard King. And we're going to have a... Who can shout the loudest? And it's just going to be Asta and Yuno shouting. And Asta's going to win because it's a shouting contest. Yuno's like, yeah, you win. You win. You win. Go for it. Yeah, but... You know, this is actually... I I like this rivalry. because, Especially because they show early on where they came from and how they were and just how much Asta has helped, you know, grow as a person from being little kids in the orphanage. And yet, and uh, that was the big worry I had when I was first watching the series was that Yuna's just going to start shitting on Asta every time he sees him and it's and not in a friendly way. He's gonna be like, "Well, I'm that much better. I've already reached this rank, and I'm stronger." It's like, but he really hasn't, which is really nice. Yeah, and it, you also you you just like it's like Guy Kakashi. Despite the they 
the statements they say to each other, you can tell these guys are the best of friends, and I guess technically brothers. Exactly. Uh, kind of. I guess, I mean, since they were dropped on the porch at the same time. Y yeah, so I, I, I guess adoptive brothers. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, my my first honorable mention. Go for it. All right, Gray and Naruto, or uh, Natsu from Fairy Tale. Sorry, I was about to say, hold on, I don't remember him in this show. My bad, Gray and Natsu from Fairy Tale. This is a kind of weird rivalry because they pretty much at admit that they hate each other throughout the series, but yet they will stand up for each other like a hundred percent do not let anyone else uh pretty much shit on the other one because it's like i know how strong he is it's uh but in the end they'll still end up fighting and it's nice to see that um urza is the only one pretty much to control them because throughout like the first five episodes of the series they're fighting constantly whenever they're together but then Urza shows up and they're just like, we're best buddies. And it's just, it keeps going like that. It's like Urza's the only one to control him. And it ends in a really pretty much climactic fight in the final arc that came out a couple years back, which is uh, really nice um, because it does end with Urza still being the only one who can stop them. And I mean, th but this fight is completely different. Like, all their other ones have been just regular fist fights, and this time they're using, like, their ultimate magic against each other, and it's just... And Urza steps in between them to stop them. So it's just one of those nice rivalries that I, I'm i happy to see it reach its kind of natural conclusion in that story arc. Yeah, and I guess I can co-sign on to that. The one thing I am kind of scared of, though, is that one time is that if she steps in between, what happens if she can't stop it? Well, she's, like, supposed to be, like, a lot stronger than them. Yeah, yeah but, like, uh, what if she trips? And the, Like, what if she trips and can't do it? Or she's sick or something? Uh, that I don't know. They've never really played that up in the storyline, as far as I know, so. Sounds like you need to get right. You need to get started on that episode. Okay. But yeah, I can co-sign. Like, I want to give Fairy Tale a chance. It's I'm finishing up some other stuff though. I completely understand. All right, my next one. Go right ahead. Okay, this is kind of an odd one because the rivalry itself is fine, but I only like the rival. The actual main character, I just I could honestly say I despise. <laughs> and the character and the rivalry is. Kuroneko versus Kirino from Orino Emoto. At this point, I feel like if I just talk about the characters enough in the podcast, I don't actually have to do a centered commentary about it, which one of them is coming soon. Just be, be a little more patient, but still. I just appreciate how this rivalry is basically just Kirino saying, oh, cute anime, it, that's where it's supposed to be. That's the good stuff. That's where... The cutesy magical girl stuff while Kuroneko's like no um it's actually gothic and darker stuff whereas Saori is basically like uh no guys we can kind of just like any type of anime it doesn't really matter as long as you're not shoving it down people's throats 
But Kuroneko, or as she's known as in real life, Ruri, she just grow. She really grows because of all the other characters. Like she becomes a much nicer person. It's revealed her parents are always working, so she's stuck at home, home taking care of her little sister. There's, it's really she. I really just put her on basically because in terms of a rivalry, I found myself actually thoroughly enjoying her and saying she was the best part of the series. Well, as Kira, you know, I, no, no. <laughs> I don't know this series well enough, so I don't know what the rivalry exactly in, all entails, so, but I'll kind of co-sign. Yeah, and I specifically mean the rival between them in terms of what type of anime are we into and other stuff, not um the other thing. Okay, and that's actually kind of a good thing because we've talked about it before. Whenever anime shoved down our throats saying, oh my god, it's the best anime this season and stuff, it's like a, when you watch it and it's okay or it's just not for you and you say that and people get all upset is really annoying and dis and depressing. Yeah, it's like, well, what do you, what do they think is going to happen? Oh, you know, I, you know, I didn't love One Punch Man at first, but the second somebody started screaming at me about it, man, I really got into it. Like, thanks for that. That actually helped. Like, no one, no one says that. Exactly. I mean, I was the same way with uh, Demon Slayer, but I actually have gone back and watched it and really enjoyed the series. It, but the way I discovered it was at um, Anime Weekend Atlanta in 2019. And it was just every, there, like 90% of the people were dressed up in costumes from the show. Every panel started out with something with it. It was just one thing after another. So yeah, no. When you shove anime down someone's throat, it's not something you want to watch most of the time. I would love to meet somebody who's saying our podcast and shoving it down the throat. Not to think that anybody's actually doing that, but like, I would just love to think there's a scenario where someone's like, I wouldn't listen to these guys because their fan base is weird, but because our fan base isn't. Our fan base is amazing. Love you guys. <laughs> All right. But well, that doesn't next... mean I have to be nice to you. Well, of course. <laughs> yes, but current, but Kuroneko and Kirino. Hopefully this means I don't have to do a focus episode, but uh, if enough people want it, then I'll cry through it. Okay. I'm going to create a whole bunch of fictitious accounts and uh, get them to talk to you about it. Uh, if that's what it takes. <laughs> All right. But my next honorable mention is uh, Sanji and Zoro from One Piece. <laughs> I immediately co-sign. So this one's just... It's, it's such a weird rivalry because they're rivals to be the, uh, the second most wanted member of their crew. It's literally their whole goal is to be... It's Luffy and then Sanji... Or Luffy, Zoro, then Sanji 99% of the time of the series so far in their uh, rankings because they're the monster trio. And spoiler alert for those who don't read the manga or don't follow the manga... He, uh, Sanji actually has become the fourth uh, highest bounty on the crew with Zoro number three because Jinbei is now number two. You have not say even I knew about that. I especially love, and this is outside the anime, how their voice actors kind of play it up. Like whenever you see pictures of them together, Sanji's voice actor will always be doing like a goofy face while <laughs> Zoro's voice actor will be completely stoic. 
Like, it seems like they kind of try to play it up, and I always appreciate mm-hmm. that. I do, too. They're, um, yeah, I've seen the same kind of pictures, though. It's really nice seeing that. And, but I think it's one of those things that, I mean, they, they always play it up as that they want to be the uh, next highest bounty because it means that they're that much more powerful than the other one, in their opinion, I guess. And it's, how do I put it? Um, they never, um, Sanji's always trying to play catch up to Zoro and then uh, when he finally surpasses Zoro, it's a big deal at the start of Wano and then uh, but y- you've seen it throughout the series because um, Sanji calls Zoro Mosshead and uh, that's the big one because it's constantly used by uh, Sanji to describe Zoro. If you like Zoro, I think you will like Hijikata, because they're very similar characters. They're also voiced by the same person, so that also kind of helps. Does he get lost all the time as well? Uh, well, he get well he gets blasted into a couple different places because one of the one of the police force has a bazooka, but yeah, sort of. Yeah, don't ask. I, I need to watch Gintama just to understand half of what you yeah. talk about. Back to One Piece, I guess I just love how every iteration... Like, obviously these guys will stand together if need be, but I just love the bickering side of them. Like, I remember in one of the video games, the crew gets, like, on this island, and Luffy's trying to find everybody. Like, he finds Chopper, then Usopp, not et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, wait a minute, who haven't we found? Oh, Zoro and Sanji. And then it cuts to Zoro and Sanji, and they're together. They found each other, and they're like, wait. Are Zoro and Sanji together on their own? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, it's one of those things that, especially when they f- fight, um, like, lower-ranking people, that so just, like, the regular minions, they'll have a whole conversation arguing over who's either... They'll do the Legolas and uh, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. I killed 37. Well, I killed 54, kind of thing. Oh, and just back and forth, back and forth, trying to outdo the other. So it's a nice rivalry. And again, I think they haven't had a good chance to really show that they'll stand 100% next to each other uh, without arguing. Because um, they're, I know One Piece is very much a comedy as well, but it should, I think that they need at least one good moment soon that it's, they're about to face down some, uh, someone major that, and they just don't even argue about it. They just both go at, go into the fight ready. Yeah. And it's like, congratulations, guys. You are tied for the third highest bounty. Wait, third? Who's second? Luffy. Who's first? Usopp. He, he took down Blackbeard. Uh, I was going to say Chopper. That would be hilarious. Oh, oh, God. Chopper going from like a thousand, I think he's at a thousand now to uh, like a... Chopper has a seven million bear or, or seven billion berry bounty or something it's, like that. For Chopper, it's not even kill him. It's like if you can catch him, then you win. It's like he's like a leprechaun with a pot of gold. Exactly. But yeah, I can agree. I always found their stuff to be flipping hilarious. I and it helps because they're both they're both just so likable that it it works. <laughs> it works for them. Exactly. That they're, they're such they play off each other so well. It's kind of like um. Luffy and uh, Usopp play so well off of each other a lot of the time. Yeah, somehow. All right, your last starter roll mention. Okay. Um, this one it kind of feels like cheating, especially with some of the stuff I've said in the past. But I want you to hear me out. 
Okay. From Pokemon Origins Blue. Okay. I think what I've kind of said before that I feel like a lot of the Pokemon anime rivals, I like them, but I don't think I love them in particular. And as I've said about, like, Blue from the games, one of my problems with the games in particular is that he is a very cocky person. He's the grandson of Professor Oak, etc. But if he's super cocky when you beat him, he keeps being super cocky. And I know there are some battles you can lose him and the story continues, which I actually think they should do that for every rival, not just Blue. But the thing that kind of frustrated me about the games was he didn't, he seemingly didn't change all that much, no matter how many losses he took. If he kept winning them, I could understand. But in the anime Pokemon Origins, they fixed that. He ends up beating Red a good majority of the time. So mm-hmm. his cockiness is a lot more justified. Is he still my, is he my favorite? Not necessarily. But I just appreciate how Origins decided well, if he's going to be cocky, he should at least win because otherwise he just looks he just looks terrible. Yeah, that was one of the reasons uh, a lot of the at least the first two, so uh blue and uh that's silver, I think. Yeah, blue um, and silver. They, they were silver was the next one. Yeah, they're they you always beat them in the games. You have to be at least in uh silver, gold and crystal, you have to beat them. Uh beat uh, silver to win so it's the kind of the same thing he has um but he remains cocky and although he gets more angry that you won and just says my pokemon are just weak i I have to go fix that or something yeah and silver to me had just like a much better story even continuing to pokemon masters ex where he still feels kind of guilty about it but people are saying look dude you've changed you're good to go you're good to go Mm-hmm. while still keeping that edge a little bit. Like I said, I just appreciate how, like, he blew one at times, and that's what made... So when he was the champion and Red had to face him, it made sense that it's like, oh, man, this is going to be a tough challenge. In the games, when you keep beating him and it turns out he's the champion, you're like, oh, this dude again. I got this. Exactly. He's... Yeah, th- I don't know why they kept him as cocky as they did would have been or if they had almost forced it so that he had to win matches and it just continued the story you could you could beat like most of his pokemon but there was like a level wall in one of them that's like it's guaranteed to be 10 higher than your highest pokemon exactly and so it has so you lose to him that way and it's like okay and then continue and maybe you could have somewhere you win and lose throughout the game to make it more but yeah, I kind of agree. It's from that from that it was nice seeing that he won, especially that first battle where he's like, "Hey, I I'm still your rival, but I'm gonna at least tell you why you lost this one so badly. Yeah. I've got the type advantage." Yeah, especially considering when Pete went not Pikachu when all the stuff was going on in Celadon City with Team Rocket and <laughs> Blue wants to leave. Red is like Red is straight up like, "No, we need to. Are you a coward? We have to help these people." Well, frankly, I like this interpretation of Red a lot more than just the sim- the silent protagonist that they keep seeming to throw around. I'm just like, I like the kind ain't the impulsive I like the kind of impulsive person who makes mistakes rather than just the silent person who doesn't say a whole lot. Yeah, I 
obviously him maturing is cool and everything, but just, I'd like if he could grow into that rather than just being, oh, no, he's always been this badass. Yeah. Maybe have him at least talk some of the time. I mean, the fact that he's like 99% of the time he's just silent is annoying. And then the other times it's just like him going, hmm. So we don't even get like him talking with Blue. We get covers like complete one-sided conversations with Blue saying everything. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, a blue in Pokemon Origins. I, I, I want one. I'm not want to get into the rigmarole of well, why didn't they continue Origins? Because I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we've talked about wanting more of that anyway, and still haven't gotten it. So I'd love to point up, point up to the corner and be like, "Oh, check out this video where we talk about that more." But we've talked about it so often, I can't. I can only put so many videos up there. Ah, just put them all. All right. All right, but my last one I'll mention is also my one from Pokemon, and it's uh, Paul with Ash from uh, Diamond and Pearl. Is there a reason this is an honorable mention? Because everybody loves Paul. Well, this one was hard for me because I'm also a big fan of the original rivalry with Ash and Gary um, throughout uh, all of Kanto and all of Johto. Um, but there's reaches like a natural conclusion where they come together and realize and Gary realizes he has a whole new goal that he wants to achieve instead of being a Pokemon master. Again, we still don't know really what that means. Um, but Paul, up until the point that we've seen now, spoiler alert if you aren't already aware, again. Five, four, three, two. Paul returns in the uh, Journey's anime. He's uh, and he's got the goal of becoming a gym leader in the Sinnoh region now, which is great. Um, but when we last leave him, Ash has finally truly beaten Paul, proven that uh, pretty much to prove that his way of training is better than Paul's, where Paul's was very much, I catch the strongest one and make sure it improves versus the one uh, catching any Pokemon and raising it as if it's uh, to its full potential anyway. So it's kind of the, he and Ash have such polar opposites in how they trade, what they think about Pokemon. And it's such, such a, I don't know, it hits harder as a rivalry than Ash and Gary. Ash and Gary is like, they're friend, they're friends as kids and now they're rivals. This is, I've met someone who's, believes almost the exact opposite of me and i don't agree and in gary's defense it's not like we learned why they hated each other until like late like pretty far into johto that being mm -hmm. said okay I, tiny little set i'd part is it bad that when i first saw paul when i was like 10 or something i thought he and dawn were related no nah, i could understand that okay i don't know why i'm like are they cut are they brother and sister i i don't know I don't know. And then people started putting some fan art up. I'm like, oh, I really hope they're not related because that makes this weird. But <laughs> regardless, I could agree with that. I, I especially just like the motivation factor. Or like, <laughs> Ash is always striving to, like, understand Paul. Even if, like I've said before, I'd be like, oh, Paul, I beat you. Okay, get lost. I get Kick rocks. Because I wouldn't <laughs> be trying to impress him. And one of the things that's good is Paul interacts with a wide variety of people. Dawn, Zoe, his brother, Brandon, Barry. He has a lot of different interactions to where 
even if you don't love the character, like hypothetically, if you said you didn't like Ash versus Paul for whatever reason, you could still see Paul interacting with a wide variety of people and still be like, oh, okay, I I'm kind of I like this part, I like that part, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, it's this is probably, as I said, the best rivalry overall, um, because you learn throughout the entire series little bits and pieces of why Paul's the way he is and not necessarily all of it but you do learn a lot uh where in Ash and Gary you you we get it all dumped at the very end of the rivalry it's like a there should have been a few episodes throughout like the original series and in Johto where they meet up and and show more of why they they're rivals versus just Okay, well, we're rivals. I'm ahead of you. Bye. Well, the, the, and to, there was also technical. I was about to say we did say that Alon technically wasn't Ash's rival, but we have technically wasn't Ash's main rival next in Y tier though, like by default. Yeah, because they know each other a bit more. I mean, Sawyer maybe, but that's not. That's a bit. That's a big maybe, just because they. He shows up so late in the series as well. Yeah, I I don't know. I just thought, uh, I think T I thought I liked his rivalry with Tierno, but like I've said, I I don't know what. Maybe you can help me with this, but for some reason, Ash and Paul's rivalry, it like it's not S tier for me. Like I'd say it's A, like it's A tier, but it's not S tier for me. I'm not completely sure why. I don't know what it is. Well, from. Could it be that because uh, Ash does kind of uh, Naruto's Takano Jutsu throughout a lot of it? Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Because I was getting really sick of it. Yeah, yeah. Because I will admit, Ash tries to convince Paul many times that, hey, you shouldn't do it this way. You need to do it uh, my way, which is treat all Pokemon nicely. And he's like, well, no, I don't have to. I've released that Pokemon. It's not my Pokemon anymore. Yeah, not to mention the whole thing being, I've never really liked, I know that's a bit of a tangent, but I've never liked the idea that Pokemon always has said, oh, well, you have to battle with strategy, and Ash's like, no, I use my instinct. Like, I've never liked how it tries to seemingly force one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that maybe Paul is tougher on his Pokemon, obviously not abusive like he was with Chimchar, but like, I don't know. Maybe it's because he never really suffered for being mean to Chimchar. Sure, he lost to Chimchar or well, Infernape in the end, but I don't know. This rivalry has always been weird to me, and I never... I don't know how to explain it. I can understand that. I Yeah, there, there probably should have been some more consequences. Maybe he says, I'm going to volunteer at like a Pokemon shelter or something at the end. I want to learn a bit more about weaker pokemon and those that have and those that have been abused by their trainers and something but again this is a kid's show so they probably would never have done that I know, anyway i know but like i said it's one of the i i agree it's probably one of if not ash's best rivalry there's just some like i've always said and i've said this before sometimes there are characters that we like or stories that we like and we're not really sure why this is one of those that I don't necessarily love, but I don't know why. But I seriously doubt we're ever doing a video like that because that's a lot more. That's a lot harder to do. Yeah, we might get a bit more when, as I said, he comes back. So we may get a bit more backstory, but I don't know what's involved in that episode. So yeah, and I don't even know if we're making it to that because, like, Pokemon might shut down or something like that.
Yeah, because they're not selling millions of copies of a new game already that hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> uh, maybe I should buy mine. But anyways, we're done with all the rival mentions. Can we get to the last rivalry? Yep. Alright, my last rivalry. This is going to sound kind of weird how I saved for my last one, but Oga and Tojo from Beelzebub. Okay. I just appreciate how... Like, when Beelzebub starts, Oga's stomping everybody really easily. But he gets to Tojo, and Tojo is definitely stronger. He ends up winning, and he ends up taking baby Beel, because I guess apparently if you beat somebody, you get their kid, too. Or I, I, I never understood that. But it was always kind of revealed that Tojo, like, deep down was a really nice guy. It's just he went crazy when he had to fight somebody. But I always just appreciated how they were always just striving for each other. And the first arc of them fighting is actually really underrated. And it's so it's so interesting that the school gets destroyed in their fight. Not for one episode or two, but for like 20 or something episodes. They physically have to rebuild the school over the course of the series. For delinquents, that's actually really impressive. Yeah, and Oga beats him with a German suplex. It's kind of amazing. But I just <laughs> appreciate how even after all that, they are always on par with each other. They have a battle in the end, not in the end, but close towards the middle of the series, where they're just laughing sadistically while they're punching each other. And we don't even see who wins. The battle just sort of ends, but they just keep punching each other and laughing insanely. And Farichi is on the sidelines. He's like, I was not built for their world. I don't know. I just think Tojo was always built as like a final boss, but he was also he was a bo final boss. He was a rival. He was a friend. He, he They did a lot with him, and I never felt, I never got tired of their shtick. Or him running around threatening to fight bears in the woods, because he did that. Yeah, from what I remember uh, watching the show when we were roommates a little bit, I this was a really weird kind of rivalry. I don't know what else to say about it. That's Yeah, the I remember, I think I remember the scene you're talking about where they're uh, laughing and just punching each other because so I think you put it on like you showed it to us uh, and then uh, Reese when he came over yeah and Reese was like okay I have to watch this show I'm like yeah because you, you know, see, he and Tojo are basically the same person not to mention just with how dumb he is it's like I've said before he openly has said do not mess with certain opponents certain opponents guys you're just you're not going to be able to beat and there was always more interesting stories behind his plots and just with other characters, the potential romance, but which never happened, which never <laughs> got around to it. But I'd like to think that maybe a reboot or remake or something could fix certain issues. I think that was on our original list. It was, so. but it was, but I'm just throwing it out. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I'll completely co-sign on to this. Uh, I from what I remember, this is one of those things like I had to pause because you were watching it on your TV and whatever I was doing and look and just watch in awe as these two just laugh and punch each other. One of the villains hit him with his strongest shot in the chest and Tojo's just like, hmm, that hurt a little. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> All right. But my last one, 
Go for it. All right, so this one is actually two people for the main character, and that's uh, uh, Ryo Karapika and Akira Hayama from Food Wars for Soma. So this is this is the exact opposite of the um, other uh, of my last list where I talked about um, Aldini. yes, uh, where he's. How to put it? He's always pretty much after he like the first time he loses, he never really gets up there. These two, um, in their first battle, uh, it's actually a three way battle between the three of them at the end of their kind of uh, school placement at the first part of the year, and uh, Hayama is the one who ends up winning the whole thing and becoming the number one student of their grade. Um, And at least it's such a funny rivalry because Soma and uh, Karapika end up going over to where Hayama's staying with one of the one of the study halls kind of thing, and they're pretty much like, "Well, we're here to challenge you again. Everybody makes their same thing, and we're going to make it slightly better." And they just they keep fighting, and um, they compete against each other constantly. throughout the next kind of arc and a half leading up to uh, where it's revealed that uh, Hayama's betrayed them to the bad guys for like the third arc. So it's, um, but that, but he has a good reason for the betrayal. It's his whole, he's wanting to save the teacher who rescued him from the slums in India. Um, I think that's where he's from. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's India. Um, And it, in the end, they end up still being rival rivals, and they still kind of battle between each other throughout this uh, end part. It's kind of revealed that while neither uh, Karapika or Hayama actually get the number one spot from Soma, they, they do continue to challenge for other things just to say that they're better. They don't want the duties of the number one student in the uh, school, so... And I guess I can co-sign. Whose meal, whose food looks better? Either Soma or Hayama, it depends on what they're serving. Uh, Karapika is, um, he, he's Icelandic, from what I remember. He's, it's either Iceland or Norway, I can't remember, but it's a lot of, he uses a lot of fish, and like whole fish, not uh, chopped up or, uh, skin so it's oh no i love whole fish it's so good but the the way it's imaged isn't always in my opinion isn't as appetizing as what the other two make usually yeah yeah i i could i can i guess i could definitely co-sign i haven't seen food wars i haven't seen food wars okay i don't expect you to ever watch it if you don't want to know it's i know i know a lot of people don't want to watch it for the uh Like exploding clothes scenes and that sort No, of thing. the food the food looks too good. That's my problem. Like it actually looks way too delicious for me. I can understand that. I I've wanted to make there's a couple recipes that they make that are like, ooh, that sounds really good. I should look up a recipe and make that one day. I actually made Charmy's welcome cupcakes from Black Clover. I actually made those a good while ago. They were good, but I also forgot. Oh. What? My parents and I kind of seem to forget, oh, we should refrigerate these so they last longer. They did. We did not.
yeah, the one I want to make is actually the the very first kind of meal that Soma makes. It's um, like a faux meat roast. It's potatoes that you mash wrapped in bacon, and the bacon gives the potatoes such meat flavor that it's supposed to t- it's supposed to like make you think I'm eating an actual like slab of a piece of a roast. So it sounds really nice. You make that. I'll pick. I'll make some potato mochi, and we'll be good to go. All right. All right, but I can co-sign. So is that it, or are we are we good to close out? Yeah, I think we're good to close out. All right, so ladies, gentlemen, and others, what are some rivalries or rivals in anime that you really like? Like, like moments of their rivalry, interactions with other characters, just anything along those lines. What are some of your favorite rivalries? Yes, and why is and tell us why you also agree that Vegeta and Goku have the best rivalry in all of anime? And, uh, yeah. There's and, no discussing it. Yeah, or, and, how much would you spend for Blue-Eyes White Dragon coffee? 150 bucks. That, 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 that's, alright, that's, alright, that's your money, that's not my money. But, I was going to transition if you want to give us money, but you probably shouldn't. But, if you want to support us, like, subscribe, comment, all that other stuff. Up, share it with a friend, and then another friend, and then realize, wow, this was a terrible idea, but more people <laughs> notice, and hopefully we can get some more content out. Oh, but we will be sure to see you guys next time. This has been Alex. And Richard. And you have been listening to the Anime Egotists. Good night, and peace easy.